This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 130 with guest Rachel Maddox. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. And hey, if you aren't already on my email list and you would like to make sure that you don't miss any of these episodes or anything else that I'm sending out, plus get a free version of my ebook, How the Shit Talking in Your Head is Making You Crazy and Three Ways to Change It. You can get that plus the audio version simply by texting the word kickass, all one word, to 444-999. That's the word kickass to 444-999. We will send you that ebook and audio. I have one quick announcement before we get into this podcast episode, which I'm ecstatic to bring you. I'm so excited. And that is registration is still open for our retreat that I am co-hosting with Amy Smith. We are going to the beautiful Grand Bohemian Hotel in Asheville, North Carolina. This coming April. We have reserved it for 20 women. We're keeping this small and intimate. This retreat is all about self-love and the foundational things that are necessary in getting to that place. We talk about negative self-talk, worthiness, self-forgiveness, emotions, and more. So I would love to have you join us. All the information is at theselfloverevolution.com. Also, just a quick heads up that I am taking a couple of weeks off of the podcast over the holiday break coming up. So for the next two weeks, there will be no podcast episodes. We will reconvene that very first Wednesday in January. I will miss you all very much, but mama needs to take a little break over here. So you will not hear from me for the next two weeks. So today we're talking about trauma and trauma resolution. It's kind of been a theme a little bit over here. A couple weeks ago, we talked about abandonment recovery. Now we're talking about trauma resolution. It's been a little bit of a theme. And I just know that you are going to love today's guests as much as I did. So let me tell you a little bit about Rachel. Rachel Maddox is a trauma resolution educator, coach, and guide. She dedicates her days to helping women who've experienced sexual trauma understand and heal from its stronghold so they can move through the world with joy and success. Rachel received her coaching certification from the Coaches Training Institute, that's where I went to school, and her trauma resolution training from the All Chemical Alignment. A poet and musician, Rachel also tours the nation sharing her story of trauma recovery and other stories through intimate, provocative art. You can connect or learn more about working with her at rachelmaddox.com. And without further ado, here is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for being here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Andrea. We were chatting before and I was just saying like how much I could just talk to you all day about this. And you're the first official person, like I've kind of danced around the topic of trauma, either in my own posts or in my interviews with other people, but you're like the first legit (laughs) trauma (laughs) coach. So I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. So let's kind of start there. I was reading, I was spending hours on your blog and I was reading a specific post where you define trauma as an embodied violation hangover. So can you say more about that? 
Yeah, sure. So those three words basically say it all. Embodied violation hangover. So often we hear the word trauma and we think, oh, trauma means like something horrible that happened. And yes, to an extent that's true. But the technical definition of trauma is actually when something from your past is still living with you in the present in your body. So we call it an embodied violation hangover because it's any time a violation from your past is hung over in your system, essentially. And then it can get triggered and activated and all that good stuff. That's so interesting. Okay, so can you give us an example of something that maybe isn't as obvious to someone? Because when I think of trauma, you know, I think of, well, for a while when I thought of trauma, I thought it was reserved for people that had had really like egregious things happen to them, like rape or war or abuse or, you know, child molestation and things like that. But then I kind of realized it can be, you know, being like what happened to me, like my, my husband left me for another woman and, and things like that. So what are some things that might be less obvious even than that? I love that question. Yeah. So I actually just did a book tour called free your secret bad girl. And one of the things I talked about was that there are four things that cultivate secret bad girls, as opposed to, you know, you grow up and you become like a super healthy human. And those four things, well, they're really three are neglect, Mm -hmm. exploitation, or shame and repression, but betrayal could be another, you know? Mm -hmm. So basically Oftentimes, in my definition, and we'll get into secret bad girls in my book, by the way, but secret bad girls share this like core identity and this core need. And the core identity is that they're sensual, that they're sexual, that they're intuitive, that they're mystical, that they're sensitive, emotional. And they have a core need for safe intimacy and connection. And when those core needs or that core identity gets neglected, exploited, shamed or repressed or betrayed... Basically, a number of things can happen that end up being like trauma. So those things live and store in the body. You gain memories in the body of those things that create imprints that then attract the same issue over and over again because your system wants to successfully expel that pattern from it. Oh, my gosh. That's interesting. We could have a whole whole conversation about. So yeah, that kind of brings me to my next question is like, what's the best way to gauge if you have trauma? So if someone's listening and they have no idea, what do you say about that? Well, is it safe to say just like everyone has it? (laughs) Everyone definitely has trauma. I mean, like nobody gets out unscathed. That's for sure. But I think the maybe more important question is, is trauma the thing that might be holding you back? Okay. And one way that you might be able to gauge that is if you've done a lot of personal development work that's been very psychology oriented. So a lot of mindset repatterning or, you know, gratitude or perspective shifts or all those kinds of things. The kind of and stuff that we do over here at Your Kick-Ass Life, in other words. <laughs> Which are awesome, amazing <laughs> things, but I like to think of those things as the outside layer of the onion. Yes, it is. The inside layer of the onion is the nervous system. So the outside layer of the onion is run by your neocortex, or your higher functioning cognition. The inside layer is run by your reptilian brain and your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so trauma often affects the inside layer of your system. It's any time a threat overwhelms your system so much that your emergency response of fight, flight, or freeze kicks in. Mm-hmm. And then when that emergency 
emergency response doesn't get to complete itself. So when you don't get to successfully fight or successfully flight or freeze and then wake back up and shake out all the emergency energy, that's when trauma takes hold, when you're actually unsuccessful with your emergency response. And so that affects the inside layer of the onion, your nervous system, your reptilian brain, and creates a pattern that gets triggered over and over again. So when you try to do these higher level cognition things and they don't work, even though you're trying super, super hard, the likelihood is that there's something deeper, a deeper nervous system pattern that's taken hold. And the reason for that is most likely trauma. That's so interesting. So this has kind of come on my radar recently. I've been reading a couple books about it. And then two episodes ago, episode 128, I had a woman on who wrote a book called The Abandonment Recovery Workbook. And it was mostly about abandonment and rejection. And she was talking about the brain science as well. And I was, I was also many episodes told a story to my listeners about when I got triggered, my husband had done something seemingly inconsequential and I totally freaked out about it. And it was interesting to me because in my own journey in my first marriage and and being betrayed and being really, really hurt and sort of like kicked out of a family that I had been with for almost 14 years, Mm -hmm. that was 10 years ago. And so I used to beat myself up and I'm like, why, why do I still care? Like I was making up, it meant something more than it did. I'm like, why am I still triggered by this? Why does this still, my current husband has done nothing to betray my trust. Why am I still kind of like punishing him for the sins of my ex? And the dots that I have been connecting are that something happened to my brain when that happened 10 years ago. And it sort of changed and morphed, you know, I'm totally making this up. This is not science (laughs) (laughs) jargon. I think you get what I'm saying. Like something kind of got shaken loose (laughs) and that's why. And so that's why, you know, talk therapy only has taken me so far. And so it's about really kind of getting inside that. And so I'm sure I'm not the only one that you've heard of that's had that same story. Yeah. So I'd love to just kind of use that story as an example. So, okay. First of all, another term in this work is your Taurus. A Taurus is like an energy field. It goes all around your body and through your midline, sort of like a donut around your entire system. Mm-hmm. Your heart has its own Taurus as well. So anytime a tremendous violation happens, something that's bigger than your capacity to cope, you you get like an indent in your Taurus, like an opening in your Taurus. It goes inward. And gets like sort of smashed in or blown out. But either way, there's an opening in this energy field. And what we do with trauma resolution is we would do something along the lines of in a very, very safe way, when you have enough safety and stability online in your system, simulate in a very small way an experience that would be similar to the thing that opened your index. Or a lot of times, you already, you know, just laying on a table, you'll already have it come up. So Mm. it's pretty simple. But all that to say, we would give you a chance to complete your incomplete emergency response. So emergency response could include shame, grief, fight, flight, freeze, flock, which is like joining together with other people or fornicate sex. Mm -hmm. These are all the things that we do when we're overwhelmed. And so if you have the chance or the opportunity to complete your emergency response, that indent or that blown out part of your Taurus would basically be repaired. And then, so, because what happens with this opening or this indentation is we become 
we can become hypervigilant or we can become kind of like looking for unintentionally, subconsciously, the same pattern mm-hmm. because our systems, our bodies are self-correcting miracle makers. They want to complete the emergency response. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for something, some similar kind of emergency to play out their unfinished business on, essentially. That's exactly what Susan Anderson said, the psychotherapist I had on. And, and then my response was, so that's why you always hear like same shit, different guy. Like right. we, we continue to seek out the same types of people. That's so incredibly fascinating. So how did you, I'm super curious, like how did you come to do this work? Did something happen to you? I'm just really interested in your story. Yeah. So I'll give my story in brief and a warning too. Nothing I say will be like super triggering, but I lost my virginity to statutory rape when I was 13. And I had a number of what I call secret bad girl experiences after that, you know, tons of promiscuity and also like rape after rape after rape. Then I was in a relationship for about eight years. I was married and it was like a super safe, pretty platonic marriage, which Mm -hmm. was fantastic for my nervous system. And then we actually rode our bicycles around the country and doing that, I was living on a bike for eight months. I had a bicycle pounding against my vagina for, you know, months after month after month. And I was having all these flashbacks and I didn't know what was wrong with me or what was going on. I was super depressed, super exhausted. We got home eight months later, we broke up. And when we broke up, I was 25 and I was date raped twice and like pretty significant rape kind of experiences. And so at that point I was like, wow, something's really wrong with me. But like most people who have sexual trauma, they tend to think it's their fault. They mm-hmm. tend to think something's wrong with them because they're bad or because they have issues or they have boundary issues or like they can't get it together. And so we generally blame and internalize the issue on ourselves because we don't have any idea that something is happening below the surface. So in my book, I call it a trauma spell. And I call it a spell because you don't know you're under it. And that's a big part of the problem. Well, time went on. I still didn't know what was quote unquote wrong with me. I was living in Portland, Oregon, and I had a mentor who was a spiritual mentor and a boss of mine. And she actually ended up, so talk about attracting the same issue over and over again. Mm -hmm. She and her boyfriend ended up sort of sexually harassing me. And at this point, I was like, oh my God, something is severely wrong with me. Actually, back up like a few months earlier than that, I had vaginal melanoma. So also our bodies can sometimes end up manifesting like the stored emergency energy in our body, the incomplete trauma in our body can turn into health issues. So is that skin cancer on your vagina? I had skin cancer on my vagina, on my clitoral hood. I had no idea that that was even a thing. It's not. It's like 6%. It's like very rare. Wow. So to me, I attribute that a hundred percent to trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. So had the cancer, had surgery, like totally in a dark hole, like very depressing, you know, waking up in the morning, just everything is dark. Then I have this violation happen with my mentor and I'm like, fuck it, I'm out, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm done. And so I fly home, I move back in with my parents, I'm 28, I move home to my parents' house at 28 years old and I'm like, I need some professional help. And I start asking around, like, what do you do if you've, like, got this thing maybe called sexual trauma? Like, I didn't even know what I was asking for. But I got directed to somatic experiencing. And I just went on their website and looked for a practitioner near me. And I swear I was, like, the luckiest woman on earth because I found this woman named Bridget Vixens who 
is a teacher, has been doing this work for 30 years, 40 years. She's a master. She's like brilliant. And I went to her, I had three sessions with her. By the end of the third session, I was pushing her against the wall. And I walked away after that third session and I thought, oh my God, like I could feel in my body that I was a different person. I could feel that, you know, my Taurus had gone back into shape. I could feel that I was standing in a whole new kind of sovereignty that I didn't even know had been missing. But I basically had an embodied sense of I have boundaries, I have borders, I have a self that is mine. And after that, I was like, this is amazing. This is super, super amazing. And so Bridget happened to have a training program that she created called Alchemical Alignment, which is a combination of somatic experiencing, cranial sacral, biodynamics, and some other magical stuff. And Sounds I was like, magical. Yeah, I need to do this. Just for a second. So for someone that doesn't understand like what somatic, that's like, it's basically like body stuff, right? Because, you know, we were talking about a lot of, you know, being all up in your head. So it's, it's a lot of getting into your body and things like that, correct? Yeah, essentially the word somatic means of the body. So you're experiencing what's happening in your body. And basically it's a process of like slowing down time Mm -hmm. because our mind moves eight times faster than we have the capacity to perceive what's happening in our bodies. So if we slow down to kind of sync up and be able to actually track our bodies, we can become partners with our bodies. Got it. Okay. And work with them to have them complete their incomplete emergency responses. Wow. It's amazing. (laughs) You went through the experience to heal yourself and then you were trained to be able to take other people through that as well. Right. And then I got on a mission. I got on a high horse. I was like, oh my God, there are so many people who are spending tons of money or like thinking that something's all their fault when they really just don't know that they have trauma or how trauma resolves. And so I got like completely obsessed with this idea of educating at least the coaching industry about trauma. And that's why I wrote my book, Secret Bad Girl. Yes. And everybody, just so you know, the links to the things that we're talking about, as well as to Rachel's site and her book are on the show notes, yourkickasslife.com forward slash one three zero. And I have so many questions. Okay. So, and just, I think real quick, I want to throw in here that if everyone is having like complete like head explosion and like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I have trauma. I need to see someone. What is just your real quick advice for if somebody, maybe they want to see someone in person and they don't want to do it online. What should they look for, for a trauma specialist? Well, first of all, the somatic experiencing website has like a find a practitioner near me part of it. So Mm -hmm. that's helpful. You can go use that. And most of somatic experiencing practitioners do in-person work. But I would say somebody who has some kind of trauma resolution training, whether it's somatic experiencing, TRE, which is trauma release exercises, even tapping can be effective with trauma. It's not something I've used, EMDR. Yeah, yeah. I've used EMDR. I found it really, really helpful. And then EFT tapping for anybody that doesn't know what that is. And I think the reason that I wanted to ask you that is I think there's a lot of people out there online who are calling themselves trauma coaches that don't have efficient training. And it's just, it's something that Rachel and I want to make sure that you are getting the right help. Yeah, definitely look for somebody with some kind of certification. Yeah. For sure. All right. So do you feel, I think this is an obvious question, but do you feel like trauma gets in the way of women's lives? And if so, what would you say to someone who believes that they just can't get past it? So like the person who's saying, I'm just too damaged. There's just no use. What do you say to that? I say, oh, I love you. I know how that feels to be in that spot and think that you're going to be broken forever. Like totally. And it's not true, but you've probably been going about getting help 
in a somewhat helpful but not fully helpful place or way. So I would say go to The Body. The Body Keeps the Score is the name of a really great trauma book, and it's true. And The Body Knows How to Heal. Yeah, absolutely. So how are shame and trauma connected? Well, I like that you asked that question, actually. So one of the coolest things I've ever heard, I was in a session with Bridget, and I was telling her I felt really ashamed. You know, it, it had been after some big release, you know, like after maybe I'd pushed her, I don't remember, but I was feeling really ashamed, which often actually after you fight or flight, then the shame comes up. It's sort of like the next layer. And she said, you know, I want you to know that shame is actually not yours in this case, that shame, shame is a feeling of I've done something bad. Mm -hmm. But when you've been the recipient of an interpersonal violation, when you've been the quote unquote victim, and I know people don't like that word, but you know, the reality, like when you've been the one who's been perpetrated on the person who did the perpetrating feels like shit doing it. They know they're doing something bad and that bad feeling that they have inside gets transferred. It's transference. It gets put into you and it stores with your incomplete emergency response in your system. And so there's this tremendous feeling of shame, like you've done something wrong. But in reality, it's the transference of the violator. Wow. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) I never thought of it that way, but it's all energy. Right. It's all energy. That's fascinating. Right. And then to add to that, you know, shame and secrecy are are sisters. So when we hold these things longer and longer and longer, the story builds that this is my fault and that I'm bad and that I'm fucked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that thought process of, you know, I know for myself that I've spent a lot of nights laying in bed thinking this is more so like when I was, when I was first on my personal development journey. And I remember thinking like, what is wrong with me? Like there's gotta be something that I, cause I thought that everybody around me was sucking and, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of control issues and, and things like that. But I, I really thought that there was something wrong with me to have been the victim of these things and to keep picking the same wrong guys and, and things like that. But I, over and over again, at, the further I get into this work, the more it's clear to me that there's nothing wrong with any of us and that so much of our shit comes from trauma. And I think that, you know, we can read all the books and we can do all the workshops, but a lot of times that's just scratching the surface. And if you don't dig deeper and so many people are afraid to do that. I mean, I've talked to so many women who say it's, it's a matter of self-trust and they say like, I am so afraid to open up that box. I just don't know what's in there. And I'm afraid if I do, what if I never stop crying? What if I never come out alive? You know, and I can attest that that's a really valid fear, though, because without an able guide. So back to this concept that it's a spell, a trauma spell. One of the other things I say is that you need a good witch to help you undo the spell, and that's just reality. So I've tried to (laughs) DIY this stuff for a long time. You know, acupuncture all the time, ecstatic dance, like. All the things you can possibly do. Rituals, Yoga, the whole night. smoothies, yeah. Right. And in reality, like, you need a guide because you're going into subconscious territory. Mm-hmm. And so to successfully do something different in subconscious territory, you need someone who's going to help you. It's like being blind. Like, you need a guide. It's just really important. Mm-hmm. But. I also want to say just yesterday, I was creating this little map for myself because I've got this group program coming up and it's called the life cycle from trauma to turn on. And I just kind of want to read it to you because I think it'll resonate with what you're saying. Okay. So the first part is I'm a secret. That's where you start. Mm -hmm. And then 
life goes and you try to do all this crap. And then finally something happens. You listen to a podcast or whatever. Oh my God, I have trauma. It's not all my fault. And then the next part, trauma resolution sounds really, really scary. I think I'll just try mod shows instead, you know? (laughs) And then something dramatic happens and you say, okay, I can't avoid this anymore. Time for professional support. And then you get your professional support. Holy shit. I feel so much safer and more empowered than ever before. So you're like, ah, and then I feel like I'm not allowed to be this alive. Like I definitely don't belong with this much power time to go back in the cave and then you're in isolation despair longing you're praying for like sisterhood or whatever and then finally you know you find it you find that sisterhood somewhere you find the places you start to say okay I'm gonna embody this person come hell or high water and I know I'm gonna attract the other people like me or you join the program Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was generate those program yeah Yeah, are there pictures that go with that yeah, there's a picture. Okay. Can we post it in the show notes for people to see? Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. But, but I have been uh, through that. I've been through yeah. that whole process. I was like, yep, yeah. check. Yep. Been there. Been there. Totally been at that point where gone and done all the work and like come out the other side and then freak out. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it happened after I wrote my first book and it was like the spotlight and all this attention and all this praise. And I was like, oh, <laughs> run and hide. Hurry up. <laughs> everyone's gonna hate me like this oh yeah and it was I mean it was a long it was months of hiding out and just and having to do the work again and just not so much like start over but just kind of like revisit it it was like getting out you know an old textbook with my notes and just like okay what do I need to look at completely yeah it's just (laughs) circles it's never linear and I know my listeners like would love for it to be linear and it never is it really never is So on this topic, I asked some of my Instagram people if they had any questions about trauma and trauma resolution. And I have a couple of them. So I'm going to ask you these now. So Katie asked, how do you bring yourself back? Well, she actually has two questions. How do you bring yourself back to the present after being triggered? And her second add-on question is, how do you manage the anger? Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll start with the first. So how do you bring yourself back to the present after being triggered? That's such a great question. And the answer is going to sound so elementary because it is, it's an elementary process. So one of the things that I always do with clients before we ever go into any intense work and something that I recommend for people to do on a daily basis is just orienting to present time and place, orienting what's today's date? How old am I? Where am I located? Like this sounds so stupid, but what happens when you get triggered is your nervous system scatters. Mm-hmm. So your sense of self, your energy actually like explodes outward. I feel like so, it's a spinning. The way I describe it is a spinning. Right. Okay. Spinning happens too. Totally. But either way, so things speed up in like scientific terms, our nervous system moves inward and upward. And then when the upward is too fast to handle, it kind of like pops you out into freeze or dissociation. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, you can loop, you can spin in anxiety, all kinds of things. But either way, it's a disconnect from the present tense. And so the question is, how can I bring myself back into the present? Well, you can actually just orient to what is present. So you can pay attention to the feeling of the chair beneath you. You can say the date, say your name, say the time, say your age. You can tune into the feeling of gravity. You can tune into, you know, which direction is the sun in right now? Like, where is north? Where is south? Where is east? Where is west? Where is above? Where is below? Where is within? 
So just a really simple process of coming back into the present with detail, because if you track each of those details, what you're doing secretly is you're slowing down. Mm -hmm. And when we slow down, we are soothing our nervous system. And you can soothe and distract your nervous system. It's a fantastic way to deal with trauma. Hmm. Do you feel like it's, I'm going to add a question onto that. Do you feel like it's helpful or not helpful if someone, so I'm thinking about like a recent time I was triggered and I had the luxury of having the time and space to get upset about it. And I was crying. It didn't last for very long. And so I kind of allowed myself that moment and then did exactly what you're talking about. Like, do you think that's helpful or not helpful? Yeah. So they're both helpful. So like, if you imagine getting triggered, looking like going up to the top of a hill, Mm -hmm. soothing and distracting yourself would be going back down to where you started. And like, it's not the right time for me to deal with all of the emotion of this. I don't have the capacity or the time or, you know, I'm just not strong or something. Mm -hmm. So let me soothe and distract myself. Or you can go the other way down the hill, which would be sort of completing a little bit of that emergency response. So for you to cry might have been like to be able to feel some of the grief that was still hung over from the past Mm -hmm. and just to let it out. And then again, to come back down into present tense. So both are valid. What you want to ask yourself is what do I have the capacity for right now? Got it. Okay. And then her second question, how do you manage the anger? Ooh, I love some ounce of alcohol, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I love anger. I think anger. I just wrote a poem about that holy rage. Oh, but, oh I love rage. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that a weird thing amazing. to say? <laughs> What'd you say? Isn't that such a weird thing to say? I just, I feel like, I mean, we could go on and on just like culturally as females, how we are not supposed to feel rage. And I had so much rage for so long. And when I started to let it out, it was like, I felt like I had come home. Yeah. And I know that makes me sound like a raging lunatic, but it's not. It's just being human. No, it's completely valid. Yeah. So with these workshops that I've been doing, there's three components that I say that you go from a secret bad girl to a grown goddess or three ways to really resolve trauma and reclaim who you really are. And the first one is to unshame and reclaim your core identity. So who are you really? What are you really that you've been denying about yourself? The second one is to reactivate and revitalize your no. And one of the exercises we did was I asked people to write a list of all the things they never got to say no to. Mm. And let me tell you, that'll bring up some rage. (laughs) So in doing that, you know, after that, what's the one thing today that you're ready to let go of? And I have people write it on an egg, actually. So this is a little bit of a rage or anger ritual. You could like write the thing that you're ready today to let go of after you've written all your things you never got to say no to. And by the way, if you're going to do that exercise, I recommend doing it with somebody or having like grounding, stabilizing, orienting practices available to you so that because that can be a very emotional process. Mm -hmm. But writing the thing that you never got to say no to on your egg and then smashing it saying today and every day moving forward for all the times I never did or couldn't, I'm now saying no to this thing. And you smash the egg and cry and feel your feelings. So I think rage is really important. It's underrated. And as women, we've been told not to have any. Right. Actually, I kind of want to read this little poem. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. It's called, I bless the mess of your holy rage. I bless the mess of your holy rage, sister, sister. When you're breaking out of a cage... Chances are you bleed. Chances are you scream. Chances are you break something. Sister, sister, I know you've been taught to clean everything up, 
to be pretty, not rough. I know you've been trying so hard to be good and easy and smart. And so now to disregard your conditioning. And so now to make a mess where you've been trying to be the best. And so now to toss the table, to break the china, to not quietly abide or side with shame, oppression, or hate. Sister, sister, for the sake of your sanity, for the sake of your dignity, for the sake of your daughters, for the sake of your mother, I bless the mess of your holy rage, the way you say no more, the way you pray, the way you roar, the way you lay down on the floor, palms open sore, the way you're willing to crack solid cages for truth, the undoing you do. Sister, sister, you are wise to let it be messy. Sister, sister, I am with you, undressing my uniform, revealing my softest skin, refusing the label of sin on my innocent, worthy, protective fire. Sister, 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 I bless the messes you make for the sake of your freedom. Did you write that? Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. Is it on your website? Not yet. It's just a newsletter I sent out 22 hours ago, but I'll put it on my website and send you the link. (laughs) Yes. We would love to link up to that in the show notes. That is just gorgeous. I am so glad I had you on. Okay. I have, we have a couple more questions before we wrap it up. And Amy from Instagram would like to know, how do you get your feelings of safety back? Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of like, that's sort of like a summary of this entire conversation, right? Because when we do trauma resolution work, that's one of the biggest benefits is that you start to feel safe inside of yourself again. So when we haven't completed our incomplete emergency responses, we have a feeling of like, I don't trust myself, or I don't know that I can protect myself if I go out into the world. But when you've been in a safe container, and you have the opportunity to finish a fight or to finish a flight, you end up knowing in your bones, in your nervous system, yeah, I've got this. I can do this. And it creates a deep, deep feeling of safety. Wow. Okay. Okay. And one last question, Rachel, before we wrap up. And it's a question that I ask most of my guests here. And I would like to know what surprises you about the work that you do with women? I'm so glad you asked that. Here's the most surprising. Well, there's two surprises. Okay. One thing that surprises me and one thing that surprises them. I'll start with what surprises them. So the thing that surprises the people who work with me is they come thinking that they want, you know, sexual freedom or liberation and they get that. But what they don't know that they want or need is a connection to lineage, a connection to, oh, I'm actually part of a certain type of lineage. I belong to this tribe of women who are sexually liberated. And I never knew because I was so shamed, repressed, neglected, exploited. Mm. And so that's like the cool surprise that comes is that they really belong. They really have a place. It's just that we haven't made a loud enough scene about being this kind of woman and how it's normal and how it's healthy and how it's good. The thing that surprises me is that it's actually really fun. So you think that doing this work would be like, just exhausting or draining. And sometimes it is sometimes I think, you know, like fielding a lot of questions in writing is kind of tiring, but the actual work, the one-on-one work and the group work is so fun because it's like miracle work. Mm -hmm. It's liberation work. I get to watch people like literally walk in the door in one state and walk out in a totally different state. Like their faces look different practically. That's the surprise. I had no idea how much fun this work could be. Well, you're doing such spiritual work and you're doing such necessary work. And I'm so glad I finally got to connect with you. I know I've, I've known you in the online space for a long time, and I'm so glad to have you on here. And 
Thank you so much for the work that you do. And thank you for being here. And everyone go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 130. And all of the links that we've talked about in this episode will be there in the show notes. And that's all we got for you. So until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.